PCI compliance remains a challenge for many small businesses, and that means payments card security gaps continue to pose serious risks associated with exposing consumers to fraud. According to Verizon, for the second year in a row, small businesses have reported gaps in card security practices, gaps that Verizon links to increased risk of data breaches. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Jen Mack, Director of PCI Consulting Services for Verizon, who shares an overview of findings contained in the just-released Verizon Payment Card Industry Compliance Report. Jen, for the second consecutive year, Verizon has found that many small businesses, despite their acceptance of credit and debit payments, continue to fall short when it comes to compliance with the PCI data security standard. That seems rather shocking given the fact that the standard has been around for nearly a decade. Can you tell us why you think so many small businesses are having a hard time achieving and maintaining PCI compliance? Sure. Um, and first of all, thanks, Tracy, for having me and appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Um, so the data security standard has been out for just, just six years now at this point. And I think initially folks had a difficult time achieving compliance uh, because they were trying to understand what was the scope of the standard and, and what's the intent of the requirements, et cetera. But, you know, over the last few years, we have seen many organizations be successful in achieving compliance. So now it's really moved towards the struggle to maintain. Um, many, I think, have not accepted or moved towards a programmatic approach. So it's really difficult to keep and maintain all those 250 requirements in place throughout the year. Now, Verizon's new report, which actually is released today, includes information about businesses in the U.S., Europe, as well as Asia. Can you provide any market insights or differentiation among the markets when it comes to PCI compliance? What unique challenges or struggles does each of these markets face? I mean, just looking at that question from a high-level perspective, I think many of these Organizations, regardless of where they're located, what region, they face similar struggles such as resource and budget availability and, and you know, the, the timing to meet compliance. But um, we do see, you know, um, some regions, you know, uh, Europe is really starting to do um, a much better job at, at this. And, you know, there's some specific countries even that are doing um, fairly well, such as Germany and um, the U.K., and France as well, those are doing, those regions are doing very well. Um, you've got, or those countries within those regions are doing well. But you've got other regions such as LAC and APAC that are still lagging behind. And sometimes that's lack of QSA resources available in those regions, or it's a lack of understanding of what's needed. Um, or even just, it's just general enforcement. The banks, you know, in those regions are not as stringent, if you will. Now, when looking at the comparative year-to-year data, what stood out the most to you? I think, I mean, when we just look at everything from just, you know, comparing the requirements from last year to this year, we're looking at what, you know, how many organizations were compliant at the time of the IROC. It all looks, you know, fairly similar to last year's report. We don't see a lot of change. But when we lay over that data and we look at it from the prioritized approaches perspective, which is, you know, the milestone approach, and really, you know, miles, you know, all the sub-requirements in Milestone 1 reduce the greatest amount of risk, Milestone 2, et cetera. So the more you have in place in the earlier milestones, the more risk that you're um, taking care of, if you will. Um, so if we're looking at um, the requirements laid out in that manner as far as what was in place and not in place at the time of the IROC, from that perspective, you can really discern the amount of risk that's outstanding. We actually saw just in Milestone 1 
uh, a 10% drop. It went from 88% to 78% of those sub-requirements in place around Milestone 1 at the time of the IROC. And considering that that's the area that has the requirements that are supposed to reduce the most amount of risk, it's kind of concerning to me to see, you know, a negative dropped, you know, as much as 10% in that area. So the data security standard is all about protecting cardholder data. So I would like to see more improvement in that, basically. Right. And one of the things that stood out to me, actually, was that Verizon notes that only 21% of organizations that Verizon assessed were compliant during their initial audits, a reality that Verizon says is actually very disappointing. Can you tell us a bit about the 21% that were compliant? Definitely. Um, and, and we're so happy to see there, there are a lot of organizations like this out there, whether there are clients or, or other QSA clients. Um, but so these are the organizations who have taken the initiative to do everything they can to get this set of requirements integrated into their daily business processes versus looking at this as a one-off project. And, you know, when you're talking to the people within the organization, you know, regardless of what, you know, function they, they have, you know, they've got the right level of awareness about what the data security standard is, or they're aware of what the data flows are and where the data is, and they're prepared, you know, for the assessment. They're maintaining compliance throughout the year. So it's just um, a higher level of awareness and understanding within these organizations, as well as, you know, the approach of let's, let's not look at this as a one-off project. Let's just get this into our daily business. Yeah, and that's such a good point. Um, I guess I'd like to get some perspective there because we do talk so often about organizations just reaching compliance and then they don't do anything else. They don't want to do those regular types of assessments. And I wanted to get a feel for how many organizations did Verizon actually assess for this report and what is the annual revenue range for these businesses and were the same number of businesses assessed in 2010? Can you give us some idea there? Sure. So in this year's study, we had a little over uh, 100 organizations included in the study. Um, they range anywhere from Fortune 50, Fortune 100, uh, global companies, all the way down to small, medium business organizations looking for assistance, you know, to do a gap assessment and to say, look, this is our first year doing this, so this is our second. We need some guidance on, you know, where to start or is, is this the right scope? Um, you know, we want to make sure we're looking at the right environment. Um, so it's, it's, you know, ranging the gamut there. And last year's report um, covered a little over 200 reports, and that was over a two-year period, so from 2008 to 2009. Okay, and Verizon notes that many small businesses seem to be suffering from a level of security complacency, despite the fact that they face steep and even severe fines for noncompliance with the PCI DSS. Can you explain why there's this apathy in the market? Uh, definitely, and I would say that this is not just a small business situation. This is in every organization, um, all levels. So whether you're, you know, Fortune One or or your Joe's Pizza, um, and and I think again, it goes back to how do they view this activity? So many take this approach that it's a compliance project versus, you know, trying to achieve uh, what I think you know can be an optimal security posture for the long-term health of the business. I think if this is done, it's pretty certain that PCI compliance, as well as compliance with other standards, will just you know naturally occur as a result. 
Now, lack of PCI compliance continues to be linked to data breaches, and as the report data proves, organizations are more likely to suffer from identity theft and fraud issues when compliance is not met. Are there certain industries or vertical markets, Jen, that stand out where non-compliance with the PCI DSS is concerned? Definitely. We, we usually have two front runners that are usually tying for first place year over year, and that's um, retail and the financial verticals. What roles do card issuing or sponsoring financial institutions play when it comes to assisting retailers or merchants? And, of course, I'll use that term loosely because I, I know that we also might have um, some entities that touch the healthcare space, for instance, that, that could fall into that category. Um, what work should these institutions be doing to help these merchants that they work with achieve PCI compliance? That's a, that's a really great question, and I think – that these card issuing and the sponsored financial institutions, they are the bodies, if you will, that the, the actions and the activities that they undertake are with their merchant portfolios, that's what's going to move the compliance needle in the right direction. They need to educate their, mer- their merchant portfolio about what PCI is, what, the, you know, they need to set expectations, what's expected of them, at, you know, what's the reporting, um, guidelines, what activities do they have to undertake, um, you know, and again, the education layers onto that. So what do they need to do? What is this all about? And then there's the enforcement. So it's not enough to just talk about it and say that you need to do it. You know, you need to enforce this with the merchant portfolio. You need to make sure that they're reporting, you know, on a quarterly, annual basis as they're required. So, and they need to be a partner for them when it comes to working with, you know, compensating controls or, or working on extending compliance deadlines, you know, because of business reasons or whatever the case may be. So working with the card brands to help avoid fines, to be a partner to them in the end as well. But I think education, expectation setting, and enforcement are the three key areas that they need to focus on. Yeah, that's a great point. I actually want to go back to something that you said earlier, and that is that when you take a step back and look at the different verticals that often suffer from noncompliance with the PCI DSS, um, financial services actually falls into that category. So um, are institutions themselves maybe suffering from some level of apathy or maybe we're using financial services broadly and that includes entities that wouldn't necessarily be banks or credit unions? Yeah, it's not necessarily the banks or credit unions, but I would say that, you know, the, the, the banks themselves, whether acquiring or issuing, you know, they've got their own unique set of challenges. In fact, you know, the council has actually provided a, you know, subset of requirements specifically for issuing banks. So because they understand that they have these unique challenges. So, um, you know, they, I work with so many banks, um, and, you know, have talked to even more. Um, throughout my years um, in educating in these areas. And, you know, there there are a lot of folks at the banks that take this very seriously for their merchant portfolio as well as for themselves. And they've, you know, got entire task forces and teams, you know, working on this. And, you know, because they're always coming out with, it's not just their existing environment. They're looking ahead to their strategy and what other, you know, payment types of solutions do we want to provide our merchant base? How can we help our merchants? you know, become compliant and, you know, more easily, um, what can, what services can we provide them? So they've got to look at how they're not, not only looking at their existing environment, they're looking to the future. I think a lot of banks are on the right track and they're doing the right thing. Uh, I think as far as some of them maybe need to do some more education and, 
and expectation setting. And again, you know, continue to be a partner. Now, Verizon found this was something that I thought was interesting, and this is a little bit more specific, that many organizations struggled the most with requirements that related to the protection of the storage of cardholder data, which, of course, um, that's that's been an issue for quite some time. But in addition to the storage of cardholder data, um, Verizon also noted track and monitor access, regular tests and assessments of systems, as well as the maintenance of security policies. What recommendations does Verizon offer to help organizations overcome the struggles they face in those particular areas? That's a really good question. Um, I think, and we actually pulled our QSAs globally around recommendations this year, and we got, I think, a really robust set um, in the report that I think will be beneficial to a lot of organizations. Um, but I think the one that I would, you know, call out, not, not to sound like a broken record, but, you know, I think the key to maintaining um, compliance is a compliance management program. Um, if they've got a compliance, you know, management program in place and they're looking at this not just from achieving compliance but maintaining a good security posture, then it's going to assist them in delegating and structuring all these tasks that are required of the DSS over an achievable period versus this mad dash for the finish line before the QSA shows up. Um, these are areas that have strong correlations to data breaches, as, like you said, storage of cardholder data, track and monitor access, regularly test you know, the systems. Um, strong correlation to data breaches, so they should be extra vigilant here and not just on, you know, quarterly basis. You know, daily log reviews, doing the vulnerability scanning, doing the patching, you know, doing uh, running data discovery tools, those kinds of things. Though they should be extra vigilant. And those are a lot of the requirements that are in milestone one of the prioritized approach where we see a lot of, you know, where we saw that 10% drop. Jen, do you think that the payments industry can expect to see more breaches in 2011 and 2012 as a result of, of this noncompliance? I mean, I think that's a tough call, um, but I think that if they continue to fall in and out of compliance throughout the year, then, you know, they're just going to continue to remain targets for hackers. So, um, which obviously, you know, whether it's a successful breach or not, or they're breached, whether they successfully achieve, you know, obtaining payment card data. So, you know, the DSS is all about layers of of, um, of protection, if you will. So even if, if they are able to breach the entities, you know, external perimeter, is the data, has the data been rendered unreadable, you know? So there's, there's multiple ways that we can stop this in, influx of payment card breaches, but do I think that we're going to see more breaches? Honestly, I mean, I think it's a very real possibility um, unless, these, unless these organizations really kind of get serious about, about implementing uh, a programmatic approach and getting, you know, getting this just integrated into their day-to-day business. Malware and hacking are noted as the most predominant methods used to gain access to cardholder data, and several overlapping PCI requirements are aimed at protecting against these types of attacks, but organizations are not following the requirements. When it comes to online security, Jen, where do you see the greatest challenges or areas in need of improvement? I think um, I would specifically point to requirement 11, you know, so which is vulnerability scanning um, and um, penetration testing, those are the biggest areas in that. And then also secure coding practices, requirement six. So you're talking about web-based applications. We need to ensure that um, the applications, 
um, are deterring account harvesting, you know, that input validation controls exist to not allow for SQL injections, you know, and there's multiple ways that organizations can achieve these. They can use vulnerability assessment tools or they can um, use application layer firewalls. So, I mean, I think from web, you know, online security requirements 11 and 6 are probably like two of the areas that they need to be very vigilant in. Obviously, you know, to be PCI compliant, you have to meet all DSS requirements, but for online folks, they should be extra vigilant here, I think. And finally, before we close, Jen, what final thoughts would you like to leave our audience with generally as they relate to the recent findings included in this Verizon report? I'm going to go back to my, my mantra. Please, please work hard to implement PCI as a program versus a one-off project. I think you will see what we've seen, you know, for a lot of successful organizations, the time, money, and resources will be reduced greatly. We've seen it as much as 30% um, reduction in, in, you know, lots of resources and money across the, over the course of the year if they put in a programmatic approach. So um, I, I think that would be my, my uh, biggest recommendation. Jen, I want to thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Jen Mack of Verizon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.